This is episode 64. In this episode, you'll meet Chelly, the founder of Chikali Products. Learn how she created a product to alleviate her mom's nerve pain. And now, it's a wellness brand with natural ingredients for natural results. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. So welcome everyone to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm so happy to virtually meet this fabulous business owner. I want to introduce yourself. She's waving even though nobody's (laughs) going to see her except me. Hi, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm Chelly, Chelly Chikali from Chikali Products. Uh, yeah, we'll learn a little bit more about what your products are um, in a little bit. But first, we want to get to know you better. So what is your favorite food? Uh, you know, I feel that nopales have always been good to me. Nopales? Yeah. yeah nopales. I like them too. How do you like them prepared? You know, I like them steamed. Mm. Some people give me, like, I've had people, like, give me nopales and they're, like, grilled, and I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, this information. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I like that because it's, like, easy to move around. I feel like you could you could carry that with you easier than, like, something that's been, like, steamed. I don't know. But my favorite is steamed. It's just so good. Like, I just love biting into it and, like, tasting all the iron. Like, oh, yeah, it's so strong. Like, oh, just, I love the flavor of it. Uh, I love nopales. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. And there's like so many things you could do with it too. Yeah, I remember I, I learned that if you can trace back your, your roots, it's always best to eat the food that is indigenous to that food because that's the food that your ancestors thrived on. Yeah, yeah. So the, like, oh, it makes sense that I love nopales. <laughs> Yeah, the decolonizing food um, diet or lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's why, you know what? I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but that's why I think that mostly most Latinos and Black people are um, lactose intolerant <laughs> because cows are not native to the Americas or Africa, <laughs> you know? No, they're not. Yeah, I think that that's that's also like um like that affected uh, the way of farming as well because they didn't have the cattle to do like mass farming. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. All right, we're getting sidetracked. Sorry. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Red. Yeah. Red. I love Elmo from Sesame Street. So since I was in third grade, I loved Elmo. So my favorite color is red. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. 
My phone is red. <laughs> that is so cool. My lips are red. <laughs> yeah, your your lips are really pretty. They're nice red. Uh, what's the most recent book you read? Okay, uh, Latina's Guide for Money by Eva Macias. Latina's Guide for Money by yeah. Eva Macias. Oh, yeah, I follow her. Yeah, I get her emails. I love all her tips. Um, one day I'll do like a workshop with her or something. I know it's coming in the future, but yeah, just, I learn, I learn some, I learn so much, so much from her just in her emails <laughs> that she sends her like newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> her newsletter has so much information. And then uh, her, what is it? Like uh, lives on Wednesdays. I did her boot camp and it changed my life. Oh, cool. That's so cool. I highly recommend Eva Macias. Oh, it's, oh, okay. It's one of the free digital downloads. Yeah, but I have the hard copy because I, I did her, uh, her boot camp. So I got, she, she gave me to all the participants. Oh, cool. Yeah, sometimes I like to feel and touch a book and highlight and write my own notes. Yeah, yeah, I like to do that. <laughs> notes, yes. Mm -hmm. What's the last song you listened to? Oh my god! Okay, I've been obsessed with Jaden Smith this whole like two months. <laughs> <laughs> I've been obsessed with Jaden Smith, so I feel like I've been listening to uh, his new song. What is it? Um, Cabin Fever. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the last song I listened to. Oh, that's cool. I don't really know his music but he's a cool he's a cool person I like him I like what he does I like what he's all about what he stands for and his his box water and yeah I like it I love it um if you could meet one person dead or alive who would that be you know I would probably say Fred Hampton he was a he was one of the chairman of the black he was the chairman of the black Panther party mm-hmm he was a huge leader and he started the Breakfast, Breakfast to Children program and more community resources, which is what the Black Panthers were doing. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I'm obsessed with Fred Hampton. Like, he was assassinated at the age of 21 and he had already accomplished so much in his life, like just a true leader. Mm. And I, I wish I could meet him and I trip out because he's the same age. If he would be alive, he would be the same age as my mom. Mm. a trip yeah. I think it would be him oh that's so cool I never really heard his name like I know a lot of the things that the Black Panther Party did I mean especially mm -hmm. living up here in the Bay Area and being so close to Oakland I you learn a lot of like local history and stuff like that even though the Black Panther Party had like a bigger national platform <laughs> too um, but um, but yeah, like I know a lot of other people and I visited places like sites, you know, things that happen, you know, <laughs> but I guess I never really heard his name before, but that's cool. I mean, there's, a, there's a huge list of people, but he's the first one that popped in my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So we're going to, um, change the subject a little bit and talk about, uh, identity. So how do you self-identify? That has been a struggle for a long time. I feel like my identity, like, what am I? I feel like I've asked that so many times since I was a little kid. And uh, I had to think about it, and I wrote it down. And 
my identity has like I would say I'm a bruja, I'm a vegetarian, I'm revolutionary, I'm a jefa, I'm a daughter and a sister, mm-hmm. I'm Chicana, and I'm a per- I am a soul in like I am the the heart, the blood, the me- the reflection that you see when you're walking down East LA. Like that is who I am. Mm-hmm. The East LA spirit essence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, a bruja is, is, is making medicine, is pushing back on, like, patriarchy and colonization, mm-hmm. where I'm fighting the pharmaceutical industry, um, where you're practicing something sacred, like healing people, coming up with remedies for someone. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's sacred in itself, and, like, gardening, like, connecting to the stars, connecting to the moon and the earth. I feel like all those things are what make me a bruja and a revolutionary. I've spent more than 10 years of my life as a community organizer fighting for social justice issues. I started as a young person in high school, just organizing and going to different rallies and protests. And then being in community college, majored in Chicana studies and being in like sociology class and like crying because I'm like, oh my God, like in 2009, I was taking social problems class and it was like, what is it? Like, we were just like in a huge deficit and my dad had just gotten laid off and we're like, what are we gonna do? And I was in class and they were saying, it was social problems and it was, oh, okay, well, older people, they struggle at the end of their life a lot of them end up having a foreclosure home because they have to pick whether they can pay the mortgage or the medications. And I was like, oh my God. And I was just crying in that class. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much. This is so heavy. And at that point I was in Mecha and I was in a bunch of student groups on campus. And then one of my friends, I had just met her and she introduced me to community organizing and I was an organizer, so I organizing for the bus riders union, fighting for for first class transportation, for climate justice, um, pushing back on the school to prison pipeline, because uh, NT Metro has a lot of connections with sheriffs and immigration and school police. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh my God, like this, like public transportation is systematic. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it wasn't something like, oh, okay, I just pay a fare and apparently I have to wait an hour for my bus to come and all the other problems that come along with it. I was like, oh, wow, no, this is actually a systematic issue because mm-hmm. this is a public agency that receives billions of dollars from the government, which is basically our money. Mm-hmm. And they choose where to allocate it, where they want it to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, when I think of like being a revolutionary, I think about like that timeline of like being a young person and then really being hit hard by the struggle and starting to organize and now I, I do my business with the social justice lens mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a big role of like who I am uh, and that connects to being a hefa and being an entrepreneur and the only reason I ever started making products was for my mom and I love my mom and I love my sister and I can't ever picture myself without them like I, I, I just 
I've always wanted to like move out, but I never have. And I don't think I ever will. Like my mom needs me and my sister needs me. And it's just like, damn, like this is, this is what it means to be like a good Mexican girl in my house. Like, okay, you have to take care of your family. And even if no one's telling me that, mm. the stress and pressure of wherever to leave would be overwhelmingly guilty. Like, mm-hmm. no, I have to be home. Like, this is what I need as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also need a vacation. <laughs> I need time away. <laughs> and they do too. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, but I, I, those are like a big parts of my identity, like being a daughter and being a sister. Like, I don't, I don't see myself not being those things. Even with my dad, um, died in like 2015. Oh. I like, connect with my dad all the time. Like, my business is named after him. Mm. So, I mean, being a daughter is a big part of my identity. And being Chicana, like, oh my God, like, I'm a community organizer, I'm a jefa, like, I'm a bruja, I'm from East LA. Like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of like just fit that Chicana check mark by the <laughs> So it's always been like, am I brown? Am I Chicana? Am I East LA Angelina? You know, if there was a flag for East LA, I would get it tattooed. Like, I love East Los. Like, oh, down. you should create one. <laughs> I should. That'd be so cute. <laughs> yeah, you should. What does the term cultural identity mean to you? It's how you grew up and it's how you how you perceive the world and what you, how you interact with people. So I feel my cultural identity goes back to being working class, hmm. to being Mexican-American, to being Mexican descent. It, like my parents are from Mexico. And I think that plays a big role in who I am. Being poor, being working class plays a big role. Being a woman, being fat like oh my god like that's huge Hmm. so I mean I I think cultural identity is all the things that I'm proud of um including all the things that have been a struggle Hmm. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't just focus on the struggle but also those things that make it challenging are some of those things that are I think are most sacred like I Mm -hmm. sacred being a woman and having a direct connection with the moon like their cycle is the same as a woman's menstrual cycle mm-hmm. uh, it, it, like however long it takes the moon to rotate the earth is a year you know like we have a connection to the moon just because we're we, we have a womb mm-hmm. you know, like all these things like we're sacred beings uh so i feel like it, it is a struggle being a woman because of patriarchy but it's also like, I'm resilient. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a badass. I'm a chingona. But yeah. I feel like cultural identity it, it is what you're proud of. And sometimes that can be your, your achievements and your adversities. And that can sometimes look like a struggle. And for me, yeah. that's being, like a, you know, being a fat little brown girl from East LA who's like making it on her own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just in that is revolutionary, right? Because the statistics yeah. say you're not supposed to be a business owner. You're not supposed to be making it on your own, right? So mm-hmm. just in that 
is a revolutionary act. Just being yourself is a revolutionary act. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. We have to say that to ourselves and remind each other. So thank you for reminding me (laughs) for doing this podcast and being a mom and an entrepreneur and a wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm only one of those things and I'm like, oh my God, that's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is, but we all, you know, we all just deal with what we got to deal with, right? (laughs) We live our lives, (laughs) right? So tell us about your business, Chikali Products. How did it start? What do you sell? Uh, Where do you sell? How long have you been doing this? I mean, selling. (laughs) And you've probably been doing it longer than you've been selling, but. (laughs) So let's see. Hi, so Chicago Products, I am an East LA brand. I have my own warehouse here, well, a workshop here. Uh, some people call it a lab, some people call it a studio, some people call it a loft. But uh, being that I'm a working class background and or community organizer background, I call it a workshop. This is where I make all my products and create content. And this is just where, this is my workspace. and. So this is where we are in the heart of downtown LA inside the fashion district mm-hmm. uh, and everything that I make is handmade by me with my hands, my heart and my mind, my critical thinking and I invent wellness products so CBD, skincare, women's health, health and you can shop online at chicaliproducts.com X-I-C-A-L-I products. And we also have an Instagram, so you can follow us on there. Oh, and fun fact, we have an inhaler. Uh, we have two inhalers, and when you purchase them, 100%, 100% of the proceeds go to different uh, grassroots organizations. Hmm. Oh, okay. cool. The inhalers have, like, essential oils? Yes. So they're aromatherapy. So it's basically aromatherapy on the go. So I usually just hold it in one hand while I'm driving and then sniff it as I need to. Or like uh, we have our, let me show you, our relaxed aromatherapy inhaler. And that one has lavender. So it's this tube and then you just put it right below your nostril. You just take a deep breath and you hold it and you exhale. And the lavender and the clary sage go into your mind and your soul and it helps you just like relax and feel more at ease mm-hmm. so they have different essential oils and each essential oil has its own properties i love essential oils i use i use essential oils every day <laughs> like multiple all throughout the day everywhere i mean in my water bottle um i put in a little capsule and i take it um I put it on my skin, on my kid's skin. I use essential oils every day. <laughs> so I love it. Essential oils all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you decide to turn this into a business? Like what, what problem did you see out there that people were having that you thought, wait, I need to turn this into a business so I could help them? Yeah, so it was December 2017, no, no, January 2017, and my mom, this has just been like a year after my dad died, so like I, mm. our bodies were all like triggered with trauma, mm-hmm. and my mom's diabetes was, was at its worst, and she started mm-hmm. having 
neuropathy pain. And this is the first time she ever had it. And it just, or at least the first time she ever reported it to me and her doctors. Mm-hmm. Where, and at this point, she had fallen different times for no reason. And it wasn't a big deal until at this point where she couldn't sleep, she couldn't eat. She was just in pain. She was like, something might be wrong. I might have to amputate my leg. She was like, the pain is overwhelming. And I was crying. Like, this is super traumatic. I was like, oh, my God, I just lost my dad. I don't want to lose her either. Mm-hmm. She was freaking out. And she was freaking out, too. And I've never seen her in pain. So, I, and I didn't know what to do. And, of course, I called the ambulance and... She went to the doctor. She went to different hospitals. And they all, like, the first one just told her, like, oh, it was in her head. Like, maybe she just wants attention. Or, like, oh, your mom just has a UTI. Like, you know, just to an extent. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so we went to different hospitals. And it was all the same thing where they're like, well, we don't know what's wrong with her, but we're just going to give her morphine. And we're like, what the fuck? Why? yeah just okay let me just drug you up just because exactly yeah. exactly literally and she was like no la, con la morfina, más I mean they gave her codeine which is like oh my god and, and she, she they sent her home with that because they were like well we don't know what to do with her and she's not really responding to the morphine so there's they're like well there's nothing wrong with her so we're gonna let her go and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, oh I don't know where to take you, you know? And I was freaking out. I was crying. Like, my mom's not sleeping. She's not eating. I mean, she's diabetic. Like, first of all, anyone does that, that's dangerous, especially when you're diabetic and your insulin can go up and down. Mm-hmm. There's, like, layers of, like, reasons to be seriously worried. And I, I didn't know what to do. I just know what to do. And finally, like after a fourth ER visit, it was four visits in one month. They're like, oh, your mom has neuropathy pain, which is nerve damage. She's been diabetic for 30 years. It makes sense. Like, this is something that's normal for someone of her age. And they were like, actually, they were like really impressed that it didn't happen earlier. Um, so I was like, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, we went to all these, like, went through all this trouble for a month for like one doctor to be like, oh, Hmm. like really like they were surprised that it took that long to get a, that kind of test result or assessment so that was a trip oh my god uh, so in all that time you know my mom was like typical my mom was like a typical mexicana senora like rancho like ah pinche marihuaneros you know that kind of senora <laughs> right? um and uh what is it? And then I was like, well, I don't know what you want to do. I was like, are you, like, do you want to try weed? You know? <laughs> she was like, well, is it help? And I was like, am I, like, like you already did morphine. Like, what, like, what are you, like, what, like, are you serious? I was going to say, codeine and morphine are way more <laughs> than. Yeah, like, I didn't, imagine, like, just try it. Um, and she was like, and it was such a trip like like, you know don't tell nobody (laughs) don't tell my mom (laughs) don't tell my mom that I told you but she she smoked weed (laughs) you know like my mom's 70 fucking a magic dragon and 
Beverly Hospital parking lot. <laughs> like, Because we knew it was going to take eight hours for, for them to see her. So we're like, well, might as well just go to the car. Mm-hmm. So that's what Wait, we Wait, eight and hours? You were waiting in the emergency room for eight hours? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like that. And um, what is it? You know what happened? She fell asleep. Mm-hmm. She was able to rest. I was like, man, I've never been so happy to hear her snore. Mm. Yeah. And I had to reach to one of my friends who's a grower, and his grandma had cancer, and uh, she's she's a survivor, but he was like, oh, well, you know, it helped my grandma with her pain, it might help your mom. So I was like, well, yeah, like, what do I do? And, like, he was like, oh, it's really easy. Just make tinctures and cells. And I was like, okay. So I just started researching tinctures and cells. <laughs> and I was like, oh, salves are pomadas. So I was like, I don't know what a salve is. Mm. Um, a salve. I know yeah. that. that's a weird word <laughs> in, in English. But it in Spanish, it comes from the word, um, like, salvage. Oh. To say, you know, to save, you know. So that's... That's kind of like in my mind when I first read it in, in, um, in English and I understood what it was because I was like way older when I understood what, when I first heard what a salve was. I'm like, oh, it's a pomada. But in English, it's, I don't know, like I guess the root to me is like salvar, to save. And that's what pomadas yeah. do. Like Mexican grandmas and moms have pomadas for everything. It saves your life. There's literally one that says cura todo. And my grandma gave it to me. And that's the name of it. It's called Ten Esta Pomada se llama Cura Todo. I'm like, literally everything, really? <laughs> just buy it. Like yeah. cura todo. Like just you know what? Don't even bother with anything else. Cura that's, todo. That's great marketing right there. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> Mine is a Santo Aceite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom's like, Tienes mana Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's funny. Um, so that was the first time she, she slept in a month, you know, close to a month. And I was like, oh my God, this works. Yay. And, uh, and I reached out to my friend and I was like, what do I do? I was like, all right, I got to figure out, well, like, how to make home remedies. Mm-hmm. And I just spent so much time on YouTube. I just spent so much time at the library checking out books uh, and Googling. I mean, honestly, like, I was just researching and researching all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Just nerve damage, inflammation, pain. And that's when I started making, uh, what is it, rubs and stuff. And I actually had already have a alcohol bottle with just cannabis in there just cannabis nothing fancy it was like an old bottle where I have like lemonade in you know I thought it was cool so I kept it and my mom used to see that bottle all the time and she was like gosh I will moodles that's I will moodles and then I, I put it on her because I was like well we're gonna try this now because it's weed like we already tried fucking morphine like we're gonna try this I'm like, you don't even have to smoke it, you know, because I was like, all right, I don't want her to smoke all the time, you know, I don't want her being faded. Um, <laughs> you know, that was just one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it. That was it. That was all she needed. And what is it? She was like, I estaba muy grossa, santa. 
<laughs> like she was like, "Oh, see, I knew that." She was like telling me that she saw it so many times and wanted to throw it away, but just didn't. <laughs> she mm. was like, "Good thing I did it," and yeah. she used it to the very last drop. Mm. So I started making products for my mom. I started making products because I saw a big problem where my mom was in so much pain, and I mean, finally they gave her something that helped. But it's like you've been diabetic for 30 years and I don't want to give you more medication so that you die. Like, no, we need to figure something out. So yeah. as soon as we found out, okay, it's nerve damage, it was a lot easier to figure out how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. So really focusing on anti-inflammatory ingredients. So cinnamon bark from Sri Lanka, because it's made for long-term use without side effects. That's the mm-hmm. highest cinnamon the ginger so those two things are warming and anti-inflammatory and deep bone penetrating for nerve pain uh versus like for muscle pain Mm -hmm. Uh, the peppermint in there is a cooling feeling that also helps inflammation and the cbd that's that's really what's going to help with inflammation and pain so just focusing on those things that's our cana canela uh, and that's the first thing i ever made and I made it for my mama. Hmm. Aw. Yeah. And so how, <laughs> how long after that did you start selling? So that was January 2017. Mm-hmm. And I started uh, November 4th, 2018. Mm-hmm. So almost two years. Almost two years. Mm-hmm. So I was just making a lot of remedies in that time and I just loved it I loved it I was just about it like here I am making the medio and that was it like I just started I just fell in love with it and my boyfriend was super encouraging he was like why don't you just start selling this he was like people need this mm-hmm. like people need like if your mom's not alone he's like this is still like a lot of like seniors who have diabetes and nerve damage mm-hmm. and you're right you're right. And he's like, you, he's like, you already know how to sell because I worked at Lush. He's like, you're you're not. He's like, you're really friendly. You like talking to people because you're a community organizer. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll help you. He's like, I'll help you set up. He's like, if you need to buy something, I'll help you with that. And he did. That's really cool that you had that support system and cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I have a huge support system. I. Yeah, 100%. Like, I would not be here without his support. Yeah. And, uh, that's how I started. And uh, I was really nervous. And I was like, oh, Chikali. Like, I was like, oh, whatever my brand comes in 2018, you know. And then 2018 happened. I was like, okay, I haven't started it yet. And I was still working, like, some jobs I couldn't stand, you know. Like, like you know, I realized I cannot work for somebody else anymore. Like, my time is way too valuable. Like, I cannot mm-hmm. do it. Like, I'm, like, no, I can't. Like, mm-mm. And I actually became a notary public in case my business didn't take off. I was like, well, I can't just be a notary. <laughs> like, do that for myself. Uh, which I became a notary public. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, anything you got to do to make a living for yourself. Like, yeah. There's this, like, one meme or quote or something like either you're working to create your dreams or you're working to create someone else's dreams like so 
what do you want? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I remember I came home one day, uh, what is it, from, I was working at Popcornopolis at Costco, giving away samples. So each week I was at a different Costco here in LA. And at this point, I went to one that was about 40 miles away from my house, one way. Mm. And my coworker, it was like a, tree, a team of three of us, and one of my coworkers had uh, just quit because um, she got in an accident. So she mm. had quit while so I was covering her shift, uh, which I didn't really want to, I mean, I don't usually, I didn't usually take those evening shifts because I didn't want to be home so late. So I was like, okay, of course I'll cover your shifts, but what happened? Uh, I remember one time I came home. Uh, oh, so I covered her shifts, um, and but I still didn't know how to like close and like pack everything out for the next event. So I was there a lot longer because I had to do that alone for the first time mm-hmm. without any training. So I remember I came home like much later than anyone expected me to come home because I left so late. And um, what is it? I came home and my mom's light was on and it was already like close to midnight and I should have been home like around 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just took so long. I was so far away. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why is her light on? Like, she's sleep right now. So I was like, well, let me just go check on her. And, and I was like sneaking in, you know, I was like trying to like not wake anyone up. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, let me just see what's up. And what happened? I was like, how are you? And she was kind of like, not really looking at me. And I was like, what the wrong with her? And I was like, what, ma? And I was like, ma. And she was just like zoned out. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And I was asking questions like, what did you do? Like, what do you need? And she was just like making nonsense sentences. Like, I didn't understand what her point was. And I was like, what's going on? And she was, she just looked trippy. Like her eyes were not focused on anything. And I freaked out and I thought maybe it was her sugar. And she tested her sugar and it was at a 38. Oh my God. Like you have to go to the hospital. And I was like, wow, oh my God. So I freaked out and I just gave her a bunch of juice. And I was with her for like the next couple hours. And I was crying. I was freaking out, you know? And I was like, damn, because this is just like a year after having to go to the ER, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have to do this every year. Like, I was freaking out. And this is scary. Like, it's traumatic. And what happened? So I was like, fuck this, I quit. I was like, I can't be fucking working all day, coming home late as fuck, and not taking care of my mom. Like, this mm-hmm. is bullshit. And my dad died while I was away at a three-day work retreat. Mm. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, mm. like my time is so valuable. Like, mm-hmm. I realized that through grief. Like, my time is so valuable. I can't work with anybody else. Like, I can't. I, I can't work in a community organizing setting. I can't work retail for somebody else. I, I just can't afford to negotiate my time. That's so important that you learn that. It's like so important. Yeah, I feel like once we learn that and see that for ourselves, the like traje- trajectory of our lives change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. 
that was the day I was like, I quit. I was like, and I was about to call my supervisor, and I was like, what the fuck? It's like three in the morning. Like, I can't call her right now. <laughs> you know, in the morning at an appropriate time, I called her, and I was like, and I told her what happened. I was like, I can't do this. And that was it. You know, like I just finished. I was like, oh, you know, I'll finish what I'm, what I'm on the schedule for. I know that this is crazy because someone already just quit on you. <laughs> And you're on your own and you've been looking for people already but i was like i can't like my mom's more important than popcorn mm. yeah and now i'd like to take a little break yoga meditation sound healing journaling mudras healing crystals astrology and oracle messages are some of the activities that you can find information on my glowing corazon instagram page I created this page to promote decolonizing self-care activities. I believe that when we connect with ourselves, we make our corazones glow. For me, that means that we are more authentic and true to ourselves. So please follow Glowing Corazon on Instagram and coming soon, a monthly subscription with a digital workbook of self-love activities. Uh, so that was that was it. So I was struggling. I was struggling when I started Chicali. Like, dude, like we were going to here. There's a there's a general hospital. It's the free hospital. It's the county hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like one of the worst hospitals because it has those like long hours and just like it's over. Uh, what is it like? Just doctors here are, like working like crazy shifts and it's just a lot. Of, it has a bad track, uh, back, a bad record um but they have like this cool program where it's like a community resource center or whatever so they do like healthy cooking classes and stuff like that oh all right okay they're doing some good stuff mm-hmm. um, and but that's not part of the hospital but it's like in the hospital i don't know there's like politics involved but it has the community resources so I was struggling, girl. Like, I was going to these resources. Like, they would have, like, healthy cooking classes, and they would mm-hmm. give out produce. And I was like, I'm here for the free produce. And, of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to take the class. But, girl, I was struggling when she finally party started. Like, I was like, I just quit a shitty job that was paying me, like, $13 an hour. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they were bragging about it, too. Like, oh, yeah, you need to pay $13 an hour. Like, that's really good. Like, oh my god, like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm worth so much more than this. And what is it? And that had just, and before that, I was working as a, in a nonprofit. And in, I mean, that's a, the whole other demon in itself. Like, organi- like, grassroots work is important, but I mean, the nonprofit industrial complex is a real thing. Yeah. And I was fed up. So I had like no money. And I had just quit a job that was basically paying me nothing. No money in my savings, just a lot of credit card debt. And I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just gonna, just gonna fucking pinch every penny and save what I can and get what I can. Yeah, so, do what you gotta do. Yep. Yeah, so I was like, Cause... I mean, getting free produce, that's what that means. Like, this is what we're gonna eat. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I get that. Yeah. It's, yeah, got to use all your pennies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I, I had, I was already at a point where I knew I could not work for anyone else in both brand ambassador, retail, or community organizing. I was like, this isn't it. Um, 
I was like, yeah, like no one's really invested in me. No one's really like, like there's no good fit for me out there. Like I realized that. And yeah. That's when I started just focusing on Chicago. And I was like, well, okay. Like, like my boyfriend's like, I'll help you out. He's like, and he had just gotten like this really great job. So he had extra money, like new money. So he was like, I will support you. And I was like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Someone says I'll support you. You take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's also a really interesting point, you know, I mean, he's supporting you um, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, and Actually. now when he said, when, and now he's supporting you monetarily too, and it's okay, you know, that's important, because then there's going to be a time where maybe it goes back to you where you're the support system and yeah that's just yeah, something that I learned you know in my marriage too it's I've always had like that pressure of like no I need to do this on my own I can't even rely on my husband for for money or for this or for that I'm like but that's so not human that's so not natural like we need support we mm-hmm. we can't live our lives on our own or else like there wouldn't be almost what seven billion people in this world you know like we need that we're supposed to be in communities yeah 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 so um i know you talked a little bit about this but um how how does your cultural identity affect the way that you run your business I remember when I started, I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want my products to be used by everybody because everybody loves wellness. Everybody needs wellness in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I should be that brand that everybody has. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, everybody. And when you hear this of everybody, you don't, you don't serve anyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I started doing my business at Pop-Ups. So to click would have started in 2020, it would be very different than it is when it started in November 2018. Mm. So I was doing pop-ups almost everywhere that I could get myself into. Mm-hmm. And most of them were in the east side from, what is it, from Downey to El Monte to East LA to downtown. So they're all super convenient to me, which is great. I was like, oh my God, like I've always worked for but so to be able to work, to, to work by myself somewhere where it's like, I don't even have to get on the freeway like, I can mm-hmm. free, like, versus like, oh, being in like LA traffic, which is like two hours or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, like just getting there is annoying. Um, so I felt, I was just going wherever I went and by chance it, it was where all the brown people were. Mm-hmm. And I realized, okay, well, my my demographic is being Latina, is or Latina, and the more I learned that, the better it was for me to understand that that's good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's better just to serve the Latina demographic than anyone else. Uh, and as business, like that's a good demographic to be serving, uh, especially if you're Latina, because mm-hmm. then everything you have to say and everything that you do is authentic. And no one can buy authenticity. Like you can't train someone to be authentic. You know, mm-hmm. you are authentic in what you are, and you can't fake it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think my cultural identity supports my business so much because 
the people who are buying my products are people just like me and like my customers are my friends. They are my other me. I am, I am them. Mm -hmm. We're the same people. Like we have a bond. Like the person who buys my product is, uh, it can easily be a single mom because she would rather be a single mom and then repeat her mom's love story than to mm -hmm. be in a loveless relationship. Like mm -hmm. that's the woman that would that support me, the woman who cares about her community and is a social worker or is a community organizer or advocates for for uh, housing rights. Mm -hmm. I feel like all those identifiers that I identify with, they do too. And when it comes to business, especially something that's saturated, I think it's good when you see that there's a lot of people selling whatever you're selling because it means that people want it mm -hmm. uh, the challenging yeah. part is how to stand out from that and create that into a conversion and what I've learned is that you just have to be authentic with people you have to give people a reason to identify with you mm -hmm. so provide a service to people give people what they want uh, and sometimes that's not your product, but like how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. That bond, mm -hmm. that bond, I think, is what's going to help uh, small businesses. Um, and what has helped me, I think, a big thing was being at pop-ups where I was the one selling my own product, and I was the one who, you know, I invent and I make everything. So people were just like impressed by that, like, oh wow, you do all this? Like, yeah, it's me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I love that feeling when people were like point at my table like you like you did all this like yeah mm -hmm. yeah well you are the brand yeah so it's important and um, I think like that really helped a lot in support of like 2020 because we stopped doing pop-ups so it's like how do I like so the, all those people were my social proof were the people who support me who kept buying my products who reviewed my products who you contributed to Chismosa culture and got everybody else to buy my products. Mm -hmm. And I think <laughs> what I'm doing now that has helped me a lot is creating content. So giving people what they want, um, something that you can bond with. So talking about women's health, talking about doing cleanses, mm -hmm. being personable with people, I think is important. Um, but making some making content that is shareable and likable. Yeah, I like your videos, your Instagram TV videos and the ones that you create. Um, yeah, I like them. I'm like, oh, I started gardening too. Like, I take care of my plants too. Like, yeah, everyone, I feel like everyone either became a gardener or like a cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or an alcoholic in this coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> gardening, cooking, or alcoholic. <laughs> 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 That's funny. <laughs> so yeah. it is me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, um, in running your business, what is your favorite technological tool that you use? Oh, my, my phone, my phone, and this tripod that I got for like forty bucks, I think. Mm. I love my phone. Oh my god. Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, wait, is she by herself making these videos? I'm like, who's who's holding? Does she have a camera crew? I <laughs> so, I your phone and your tripod. That's all you need. That's that's cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's a two thousand dollar lesson that I learned. It cost me two thousand dollars to learn this. Um, 
done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. so get your phone and record. And why, why do you call it a $2,000 lesson? Because I was in this business accountability group. Uh -huh. I think it was uh, $200 a month. Mm -hmm. And I did it for six months. I think that's $2,000. Something like that. Mm. Wait, 200 times six months. 1200 1200 oh, Way off. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was like $50 I don't know, an hour. Because I don't know. But it was it cost any money. That's mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I guess it was a $1,200 lesson. Uh, but yeah, it was a business accountability group. I learned a lot, uh, but one of my biggest takeaways from that was that done is better than perfect. Because hmm. whenever I, I think like, oh man, okay, I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it done. Like I've been lagging on it. Like I've been thinking about this for so long. I just need to do it. That's when I get my phone and then I tripod and I just start talking. And that's it. Like I just do it. And I'm like, am I, am I gonna procrastinate on editing this? Am I gonna procrastinate on? And, and then actually doing the work takes even more time. Or am I just going to do it? Yeah, that's a lesson that I learned um, being a mom. <laughs> is done is better than perfect. Like, seriously, there are just things that have to be done, like, in the moment with the kids. And it just it doesn't matter how it's done. It just, you know, and especially, like, when you have, like, a little baby. I mean, you got to change its diaper. Seriously, done is better than perfect because... <laughs> Like clean. <laughs> yeah. I mean anything like yeah, anything that you have to do when you're when my kids were really, really little, that's definitely a lesson that I learned. Yeah. Cost me way more than it cost me way more than twelve hundred dollars or two thousand dollars. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Yeah. Listen to that advice. That is better than perfect. <laughs> Yeah. So honestly, because whenever I, you know, I, there's so many times I procrastinate on something, or it just I do something and I don't like it because I I didn't like the way I look or I didn't like how how the camera was like positioned. You know, like it's a yeah. lot of going back and forth. Especially if I get that. Work. Me too. I'm like that all the time. Yes. So it's overwhelming and it's like, okay, well then did I just waste the day? Did I not do this project? Did I not just work on this? Like, oh, okay, like I worked on this. I need to celebrate that I did it. It's good. No one else is going to like beat me up for it. No yes. one's going to fire me. <laughs> like, what the yes. hell? Yes. And if I don't like it, I could just always do it again. Yeah. Yeah, and then what happens when you put it out there? Everyone loves it, and you're like, what? Exactly. <laughs> always, 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 always. Like, I'm like, all right, I did it. Okay, I'm just going to post it. You know, and I type out my thing, and I post it, and it does really well. And I'm like, yay, now what do I do now? You know, like, I never feel the urge that I have to go back and do it again. So I'm like, oh, it was really good. People liked it. I feel like what I said was good. People liked it. Yes yeah done is better than perfect yeah definitely so can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or business idea i would say start making content that's really relatable to people 
Mm-hmm. How do we need to start giving people something that makes your brand unique? And sometimes that isn't always you, you as a person. It's what it's your, the content that you can make. That's the advice I would give, uh, especially since I have a CBD brand and I have challenges with advertisement. So I can't do ads even if I wanted to. Mm. Um, so everything that I do has to be organic. Everything. Mm. Like, like literally my marketing has to be organic. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like organic marketing, the best thing is something that people want to learn. Uh, and pe- something that people want to are interested in and something that is shareable and likable. Mm-hmm. So my biggest advice is make content, like whether it's like how you package your stuff or more importantly, like how to make something. Mm-hmm. If you're a wellness brand like me, or if you have business advice that you already learned, share that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that's it. Like you have to find a way to bond with people and do whatever it is that you're selling, like maybe you sell a shirt that says, you know, chingona or jefa or bruja, like sometimes it's not always going to be a really cute picture, but like what makes that person a jefa or a bruja? Like what is mm-hmm. a jefa lifestyle? Mm-hmm. So I think being really creative with what that means to you. Um, so creating that content, I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like for me, it's, creating like DIY videos like people love gardening videos because everyone's gardening right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I'm gardening more than ever so like I I have I, I have a video on like how to make your own pesticide organic pesticide mm. so oh yes I did that. see that I, was, I, I did share it I was like I need this and my sister needs this <laughs> exactly so, I mean, it's not like, oh, here, here's a picture of my product, share it. But it's like, oh, here's this really cool DIY, share it. And then people are like, oh, okay, well, this person knows everything about this subject. They're so mm-hmm. cool. I really like them. Oh, my God, I want to support them. Oh, they mm-hmm. love us. This is how I'm going to support them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the anatomy of, like, uh, saturated business. Like, these are the things you can do mm-hmm. of, like, do something that people like and that people can share like is this are people likely to share a picture of a really cute bottle maybe not are people likely to share a video of something that they're interested in more than likely mm-hmm. yeah like, that's what's worked for me and that's also like organic marketing and yeah that's that's my recommendation yeah that's really great advice definitely has to be relatable likable then the easy it is the easier it is to share then you know that's better for for whoever's receiving the information and also good for you um yeah that's like basically marketing one-on-one that's actually what i teach in my marketing strategy course oh yeah right did i get an a then (laughs) yes a plus So if you had no constraints, would you start another business? I am starting another business. Yay! (laughs) So so I feel like I don't have any kids except for Chikali in my businesses. Yeah. Chikali Products is my baby. I I love Chikali. So Chikali is my second, my first child. And my second child is uh, Gordita y Bonita. So I'm making plus size clothing brand. Oh, cool. Yeah, so sexy plus size clothes. 
Oh, that's so cool. How long have you been working on that? So I don't know how to sew. I don't know anything about sewing. I can't Uh sew patch on a shirt or a sweater to save my life. So I'm really excited because this is the first business. um, This is the first thing that I'm not going to be making my hands. I'm the designer, so I'm creating the design. Mm -hmm. So pretty much getting uh, inspiration from vintage clothing Mm. and hiring garment workers to create it. Mm. Having to, uh, so having those pieces already, uh, the pattern maker, uh, the sample maker, the grading, and the garment worker. So I'm really excited. It's going to be one of the first, ethic, uh, this is going to be the first ethically made plus size brand in the world. And it, it comes from East LA. Like that is oh, badass. Oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah, that's like uh, a lot of times when we talk about ethics, we forget about people mm-hmm. in the like especially people of color so when you think about like ethical brands a lot of people think about uh like cons- consumption um but a lot of people don't think about people mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of people who are making products all around the world are working class people or people of color uh, are women so i'm really excited that this is going to be a huge clothing brand here in LA and the heart of the fashion district. And it's going to be plus size. It's going to be sexy and it's going to be ethically made where you pay people fairly. That's I'm amazing. Excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. And uh, it's, it's, I'm intimidated because I don't know how to sew. So like, I'm really coordinate or coordinating everything and making sure that stays afloat and it goes well and this is my first time doing it so I'm just learning by doing Uh, my boyfriend his dad was actually a garment worker for about I don't know I think 60 plus years so he actually used to have a shop here in the same building that I have my own business in oh that's so cool yeah that's actually how I found out about this business of this building I was like this is so cool I want my own spot here one day and like what then three years later I got my own spot here <clears throat> that's that's so cool how it just came like full circle and then you're in the you're in that district and now you're starting that business and but that that's like a really important lesson too like when you have an idea and executing it you also need a team you know like it's one thing to start a business on your own but as you're expanding you you do need a team and also, the other thing is like focus, focusing on your strengths and then getting team members to fulfill your weaknesses, you know, or those skills or abilities which we need more support in, you know. But yeah, that's so important. If we, we need to understand that as business owners, like we can't do everything, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can't imagine having to like learn how to sew <laughs> yeah. and then make my own patterns and then sell the damn products. Like, oh my yeah. God, that is a long time. Did you ask me this question already? Like, what would I give? What advice I would give people? Yes, pay yourself. Whatever you're charging now for whatever your service or product, raise the price by five times <laughs> at least. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you need to add um, paying yourself to the expenses mm-hmm. Absolutely. important because like yeah. if you hired someone else you'd be paying them right 
So like you're literally hiring hiring yourself to do the work. Um, Definitely, it's so important. It's like, I think I asked this question on my Instagram a few weeks ago, like, does can your is your business set up to run without you exactly. and so like if you are an employee of your business then you can replace that employee with someone else if need to so like if you need to step away from your business to do something else and you fill you fill the need that person you know you're already paying yourself so then you just switch it out and get another person and then you're paying them and your business is still running it's so important a lot of the times we see like no 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 i'm not gonna pay myself i'm not gonna pay myself because it's an investment i'm like yeah but you're also using your time investing your time like yeah if you were to die today what would it take to keep your business afloat tomorrow like do you think anyone's gonna be hand making anything for you for free yeah is labor free like would you go to your job knowing that they're not going to pay you at all no that's such an important point to bring up. Like, do you want your business to live on or run without you, beyond you? Like, is this, do you want to leave this business for the world? Or is it just going to shut down when you can't do it anymore? Right, exactly. I think that's a huge takeaway um, that your business, like, you need to pay yourself. And you have to pay yourself ethically. Like, I love paying for ethical brands. I love paying more, knowing that it's a good brand, knowing mm-hmm. that it's fairly. So why shouldn't why should you steal that joy of someone who loves your product, loves that it's handmade, and loves that it's ethically made? Because mm-hmm. to me, ethically made means that the people on the front line were treated fairly. You paid a fair wage for this. Like, someone mm-hmm. is living a livable wage with what you paid for. Mm-hmm. And I think of like ethically made, I think about the people on the front line who, if they stop working today, would you still have your product tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And when I think about ethics I, and I think about ethical brand, I think about the people about, like the people who make it and the people who sell it to you. Yeah. And yeah, the people who source your products or the materials to create your product, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And what else? Um, I mean, like even just shipping a product, like shipping doesn't cost $8 because that's what you pay the postal worker or the post office or what, whatever you're using. Like it, someone, you have to pay someone to wrap everything in the package. You have mm-hmm. to pay for the packaging, you have to pay for the bubble wrap, the postcard, the crinkle cut paper. Mm-hmm. Like shipping is more than $8. Like, that's just what it costs to move it. That's not anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they say shipping and handling. Yeah, that's what <laughs> right? I say. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, oh, my God. Like, I, I could go in on that. Yeah. I don't, know. I, don't I mean, I go in on that. Like, shipping and handling, like, what do you mean, like, Eight dollars is overpriced. Like that's underpriced. Yeah. Like this is insane. What am? No one's gonna come ship anything for me for free. Yeah, I think that's also like a really interesting perspective because people sometimes charge more for shipping and handling, but they built it into the price of the products, and then they say free shipping. So it really is just like a 
like a mindset thing, like how people see it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that some people would rather pay more for something if it says free shipping <laughs> yeah, than to yeah. pay less plus shipping. <laughs> it's true. It's true. A hundred percent. Yeah. Put that shipping price into the, into the price of the product. I, feel yep. like I mean, the amount you have to pay in taxes. I mean, the list grows, especially as your business is growing, because then your taxes get higher, you're spending more money on more things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, you start with a private, you start paying people out of pocket, then you start paying people $10.99, and then you start hiring, having, like, real employees. Like, all that is going to cost you more and more every time you do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, you really have to project your business long-term without you and really think about that price and people are going to pay it. Yeah. Like the only people who won't pay it are people who would have never bought your product because it, it costs too much for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of the times people say, customer. make a comment of the price or something or whatever, but I feel like that's more of like a internal thing. Like people are making a comment about the price because they feel some kind of way of, either not being able to afford it or they don't want to, or they have their own issues with money of like not spending the money. So, but a lot of the times as business owners, I've seen a lot of business owners, new business owners take that into consideration. Like, Oh, I need to lower my prices so people can, can buy it. But it's actually the opposite. When you raise your prices, actually more people will buy it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the worst. Cause it's like, wait a minute. Are you saying that you're gonna you're intentionally charging less now so you could charge more later? Like, wait a mm-hmm. minute, that makes no sense. Uh, and I, 100%, like people want to spend more on something that is handmade, that is ethical, that is unique. Yeah, it's about the value. It's about the value too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chelly, for sharing your story and. Um, and thank you so much for creating this business and like being so Aww. authentic and and for really like being yourself and putting your business out there and creating a new business too. Like I'm so happy that you're doing that and a lot of people really benefit from plus size sexy clothing and <laughs> it's great. Thank you. It's so important. It's so important. So I also want to leave with uh, this feedback of of for small businesses to be different, to stand out by connecting with people, building that bond with people is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? You know, one of my favorite quotes is that a mark of good art is inspiration. So if you can inspire someone, then your your business is going to do well. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that you're doing, like for me, what I'm doing with my business, I'm inspiring people to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Or who are doing yoni scenes or gardening or self-care like I, I I that's what I'm doing I'm inspiring people to be healthy and I'm inspiring mm-hmm. people to start their own businesses or work on their businesses in different ways so I feel like that's the way that I'm connecting with people and bonding with people mm-hmm. maybe that works for you too that'd be great yeah <laughs> uh I you know I see business when there's a lot of people doing the same thing I think that's a great thing because it's the pie is getting bigger. It's not that my slice is bigger than yours. It's just that we're all getting a bigger piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely talk to your audience like they're your best friend. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be it. And I've 
a thing that I wish I would have done different. Um, as I wish I would have done this a long time ago. I wish I wouldn't have waited years to start Chicago Products. Um, and yeah, the fear. Challenges and just get over it. Just learn. Don't be overwhelmed by failure. I just, yeah. You're, no one's going to stress over it more than you will, so don't stress over it. The cost of fear. The cost of fear of failure. Yeah. I mean, and going back to, um, you know, charge more. Whatever you're charging now is not enough. Um, be ethical. Uh, I was not being ethical because I wasn't paying myself in the beginning. Um, I was giving away my labor, and some labor is not free. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not revolutionary if you're not sustaining yourself. Yeah, right. I mean, because if you're like barely if you're barely making a living with a low paying job working for someone else, like you can't pay yourself. You can't, you know, work your own business and pay yourself that low wage too. And you're working for yourself. That's no, yeah. that's not acceptable anymore. No, Is anybody doing that? Stop doing that. <laughs> exactly. Charge more. No one's going to stop buying your products. Some people will, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. There will be more people who will pay more, yeah. who, will, who will want to support you. Um, I don't know how some people make money. I don't know. I, I'm like, damn. You know, my, my canna canela, when I first sold it, I sold it in a two-ounce jar for $20. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't sell a two-ounce jar anymore. So it was a three-ounce jar for $30. Um, I don't sell anything higher than a one-ounce. And I now charge $85 for that one ounce. Mm. So I, that, that took me a long time to realize. And I did lose a few customers. They're like, oh, I want to order more. And I told them the price. And that was, I never heard from them again. Mm -hmm. So, it, But there's more people buying it now than there were when I charged $10 for it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big lesson um, that I wanted to share. Um, what can you please share it with everybody? Your website and your um, social media, um, uh, your social media platforms, and maybe hopefully in the future you'll be selling in uh, physical locations again. <laughs> yes, yes. ChicaliProducts.com, X-I-C-A-L-I Products.com, and our Instagram at, uh, at Chicali Products. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at info at chicaliproducts.com. Yeah. You're really good at responding too. <laughs> yeah. So everybody go visit her website and go check out her cool videos. And um, she just has a lot of information and a lot of cool DIY too. DIY videos too. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.